Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tip of the Spear podcast. My name is Isaac. I am your host. Um, Today, I'm just going to get into uh, why I did the name change for the podcast and um, also a little bit about my background. Um, I guess we'll start with my uh, childhood and whatnot and go from there. Um, So the name change, Um, going from narrow path podcast, um, which is um, something that I've used in multiple um, things in my life. Um, I actually used that when I had a landscaping company a few years back. That verse has always been something that that has hit me inside. Um, So it's always been something I leaned on. Um, So I was hoping to roll with it in the podcast form but um i didn't do my research i i didn't notice that there's a it's actually a radio show um but they they post their um their sessions as podcasts uh, on um all the podcast networks and whatnot so um i didn't want to step on their toes they're pretty popular got uh, quite a bit of fan base so um i decided to make the change on my own I had to create a block, I'm not going to lie, because all of the, uh, I guess you would say, typical Christian um, cliches or um, scriptures have been used uh, for podcast names and whatnot. So I wanted to try and be unique. And I was I was having a tough time. I, w- I won't lie about that. Um, I was reaching out to people for um, possibly some creative assistance and um, ended up getting help from one of my brothers that's in the same uh, men's accountability group that I'm in. Um, he's a very creative guy, owns his own business, and, and I can see um, why he was able to, to be so creative with um, with this. Uh, he also ran his own podcast, so he's going to be helping me with some things. Um, but he, he was throwing out a bunch of stuff, just um, really good stuff. And I, I really had to think about it and pray about it and go to God and, and see which one I wanted to use because um, I wanted it to be uh, symbolic. I wanted it to be impactful and show exactly, I guess, what I'm trying to pursue here um, with this podcast and what God is pursuing in me uh, through this podcast. Amen. Um, so I went with Tip of the Spear podcast and right when he sent that to me man it's just the visual uh aspect of it if you if you don't know that scripture um it's it's a it's a very powerful moment it's one of the final uh prophetic events that um that happened with with jesus and his uh earthly body amen and it's dealing with jesus's death amen so it would be um, starting in John 19, verse 28. That's when Jesus' death um, occurs. Um, once he um, was finally gone after um, after he you know got some some thirst quenching from the the wine vinegar, um, his spirit went up. Amen. His body was still there and. Um, during those times, they would uh, break bones of the people that are on the cross to make sure that they're dead. Just you know, check if they're dead. Um, 
But in this situation, that wasn't the case. Amen. Um, so if you want to look at it, um, I'm starting in verse 31. So it says, Now it was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special uh, Sabbath, because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath. They asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken. So they wanted uh, the bodies off and the crosses um, away before um, the special Sabbath was to happen. Um, so verse 32, the soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one soldier pierced Jesus' Jesus's side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. Amen. And um, it says, the man who saw it um, was uh, had given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and he testifies so that you also may believe. It says, these things happen so that the scripture will be fulfilled, that no, uh, not one of his bones will be broken. And as the other scripture says, they will look on the one they have pierced. Amen. So that's where the name change is coming from. If you uh, think of when the soldier pierced Jesus' side, blood didn't just flow out. It wasn't, it wasn't a normal thing. It was a flow of blood and water. Amen. And this was a very symbolic thing in my eyes amen because when you think of jesus and and what we see of his blood that was shed for us as as our savior but also the water shows his pureness and his clean and how clean he was amen it shows the purity of, of who jesus was um in body form, bodily form the pureness of him amen and um, in the scriptures um, that was it would be in Zechariah twelve ten um, about the the bones won't be broken and then um, they shall look upon the one that is pierced, Amen. Uh, the blood shows the sacrifice that the Godhead made made by laying down the sinless life of Jesus, and um, we, we definitely didn't deserve it and we don't deserve His love and. and um, but thanks to that blood. We, we have that second chance with God. We have that second chance to be in that comforting relationship with him that he originally uh, had established for us. Amen. Uh, the water shows, like I said, the pureness of Jesus' life, living spotless and blameless with no doubt in my mind that that water flowed out of his body was the cleanest water ever seen. I can only imagine how pure that water was. Our lives are called to be as close as an imitation of Jesus as possible. And his ways are true. His ways are pure. And we should thrive to follow those footsteps. Amen. That's what I see when I see blood and water flowing out. Amen. And that's where the impact is coming into to why we did I did this name change. And why I went this, this route. And um, I think it's powerful. And it, and it shows the the mercy of god the love of god and also the pureness of him amen my goal here is whatever god tells me to do 
if God tells me to to sit here and do um, Bible studies with you guys, well, I'm gonna do it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna withhold the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna let Him move. And if it's just having guests on and chit chatting about God and their testimony and and showing others the possibility of coming out of of depression or coming out of suicidal thoughts or um, being an alcoholic or uh, strung out on drugs or pornography. I just want to do what God has called me to do. And, and God told me years ago that I was supposed to be a pastor. Amen. So I, I've been thriving for, for a long time and, and it was in the wrong way. And I will, I will go down that path with you guys. And, um, but it, if, if it's being a podcast host and reaching whatever amount of number of people that want to listen, amen, I'm doing it in the, in the name of the Lord. I'm not doing this for myself. And I, I just want to make sure that that's clear, um, that this is through the Holy Spirit and I, I'm working on myself as well. I'm a human being. There's no perfection in this man and there never will be until Jesus comes until I, I'm able to to speak to to God and he, and he welcomes me in, Amen. And that's what we all should be thriving for. For us, our own salvation should be secure, but we should be reaching the lost because that's what Jesus did. Jesus sent the disciples two by two to go reach the lost, go go heal the sick, and go um, and go perform miracles, Amen. And I believe there's there's still a same level of um necessity on our aspect when it comes to that same calling amen well that's going to be it when it comes to regards of the name change and now as i adjust my mic i want to have a little chit chat about uh my background uh, my wife reminded me like hey you know you, you have people listening and they don't even know who you are Amen. And they don't know what you've gone through and you have a story. So um, I was born and raised here in Colorado. Uh, both of my parents born in Mexico. So I'm a first generation Mexican-American. Uh, very proud of that. Amen. Um, I grew up in a very typical old school um, Mexican household where my father was strictly working and that was his main job when it came to the household and our family um mom was at home she was doing the the mom thing and, and doing it wonderfully by the way and um as a kid uh my father was very abusive to my mother to me um, sometimes my sister, but it was mostly me. Um, I got the brood of when it comes to it from the kids. Um, my mom got it obviously the worst. She got she got beat a lot, and it it was it happened for a while. Amen. And uh, they were married for over twenty years, and I'm, I'm gonna just say probably mo most of those years were uh, dealt with abuse. Um, he wasn't just verbally abusive. He was very extremely physically abusive. Um, if I did any little minute thing wrong, um, it was one of his belts as a consequence. And it wasn't a normal spanking. 
there was anger involved, um, a lot of anger and frustration, you can tell. And uh, if you've ever gotten spanked with a Mexican belt, let me tell you this. Genuine leather. My dad had, had like, gems in it. That was, that was the style back then. Uh, and um, really, really expensive belts. And it left marks and it left bruises on a constant basis. And as a kid, I didn't know that I was being abused. I thought I was just getting, you know, punished. I did something wrong and I got a spanking. A bad one, yes. But I didn't know I was being abused until later on in my life. And, you know, going over it, uh, thinking about it, talking about it, realizing how bad it truly was. Um, for my mom, it got to the point that uh, there was a almost death experience with my dad. Uh, it was Christmas morning, early Christmas morning, talking about midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning when I seen my mom come down the stairs. Um, bruised up eye, uh, black eye, neck completely bruised from strangled, from being strangled from my father. Um, she's sitting there crying. Pretty sure she was talking to my oldest sister, who has been in the house for years at that time. Um, and my mom, <laughs> she. She could already tell what I was thinking, you know. I'm in the kitchen with my mom. He's upstairs sleeping, passed out, drunk. My dad was a hard alcoholic. That's all he did when he got home from work. Drink, drank, drank. Fell asleep at the table. Constant basis. Always, always drunk. I don't remember nights that he wasn't. So he was passed out. And my thought process as a 10-year-old boy was, I'm going to kill this guy. Seeing my mom in that fashion was one of the worst things I've ever seen. And um, she told me, you know, don't do, don't do anything stupid. Don't, don't go up there. We're calling the cops. Don't go up there. They're gonna handle it. I could have very well did something. I knew where his guns were in there. I could have grabbed him and shot him. I knew where, where all the knives were. I could have stabbed him. I could, I could have strangled him myself. I could have did multiple things. That's what was going through my head. And. I listened to my mom and didn't do anything and waited for the cops to come. They took him off. Um, so parents ended up getting a divorce. Um, so it went from riches to rags in a way. When my father was, like I said, he had a great work ethic. That's all he did besides drinking. Uh, he owned his own concrete company while he was here. So we thrived very well um, at home. Um, I always had um, material things that were up to date, um, the newest game systems, um, the newest toys, whatever the case may be. Material wise, I was one of the more, more spoiled kids, uh, in my block, on my block. And, um, to be honest, I would trade that material for, for the relationship that I didn't have with my father that I couldn't have because he was so old school that he was stern and rock hard he was an oak and and you had to be an oak you, you had no emotions besides anger and that's that wasn't me that's not me that's never been me if you know who i am if you're listening and, and you know who isaac is i'm an emotional guy i wear my heart on my sleeve and I, i'm not afraid to express my emotions at not one bit god gave us these emotions for a reason 
Um, when it comes to anger, obviously you want to withhold that, but you are allowed to be upset. You are allowed to, to have feelings. You're allowed to cry. You're allowed to love as a man. These are things that, you know, generations of, of manhood has shown incorrectly and it's pierced all the way through to our, to our kids down to, to now. And I'm trying to break that cycle. I don't want to be that father. Amen. I, I'm always present with my kids. I, I want the emotional, the physical, the the pictures. I want I want all of it with my kids. I want that. I wish my dad did, but he didn't. So after the divorce, um, my father was facing um, attempted murder charges on my mom. Uh, so he was out on bail. Uh, at that time, my brother was about two years old. Um we would visit my father on the weekends. He would take us to his uh, 40 acres uh, in Midway. Uh, the time we would spend there was very, I mean, there, there was never an emotional connection with him. And he it seemed like he didn't care to have that. We would drive around on his 40 acres. He had a little Toyota stick pickup. He would teach me how to drive it. Um, and then when he was driving it, me and my little brother were in the back with a 22 rifle shooting rabbits you know that was our time with our dad amen i mean cool yeah you're shooting a gun you're obviously having fun you know but there was no emotional connection um it didn't last long he he knew he was going to be facing a lot of time so he had having plenty of family in mexico he he went back to mexico and um he's been there ever since so there hasn't been any any uh, type of him wanting to come back or any type of relationship wanting to be built. Um, so after he left, uh, me as at that time, I was about 12 now. And um, at that time, obviously, I had so much anger towards my father that I, I just, I didn't know how to act. And I was a, I was a very... I was a very troublesome teenager after that. Uh, At that point, I didn't care. You know, the the only man in my life that was supposed to be there and be constant, not only try to kill my mom, but try to leave or did leave, uh, leave us with with nothing, didn't pay child support, didn't, there was none of that. He just left. So it went from my mom having to, to be the homemaker for, you know, almost 20 years and having to go back to work now um she worked hard she did what she could Uh, we had help from family we lived with my uncle for a little bit after uh, we lost the house that i grew up in um and we stayed with my oldest sister for a while um and then we finally got our own apartment um and during this time i was just putting my mom through hell uh 12 years old i was I caught my first charge, and it was a, a big theft charge um, from the middle school I was going to. We, I um, recruited about six of my friends. We did a casino-type heist and took an envelope full of fundraiser money, and it was barely even money. It was mostly checks, but we split the money. And between us, one of the guy's sisters found out because he went and blabbed about it. Um, so cops were called, got expelled, first, uh, charges as a juvenile, 
uh, first time in Spring Creek, which is uh, daycare for teenagers. <laughs> and um, after that, it was just an on and off um, catching charges uh, up until about 16, 17 years old. And um, in and out of Spring Creek, um, falling behind so far in high school uh, that I that I ended up having to drop out because um, I was going to end up being a super, super senior because I spent nine, ten months at a time at Spring Creek. And they say that the credits there would translate and transfer to whatever school you went to. And that was a battle, and, and they never got transferred. So I was really behind. Um, so I had to drop out as a junior. Um, got my GED within two weeks and just got to work. That's all I wanted to do was work, make money. So um, I was 16 when I got when I dropped out, got my GED, and um, my mom was tired of me running around doing the things I was doing. I was, you know, stealing her Percocets at night, her muscle relaxers. I was, you know, I was being a stupid kid, just popping pills, smoking weed, and hollering at ladies, and that's all we did. You know, it, and that was the lifestyle for me as my te- as my teenage years, and um, I c- I can't say I miss it. <laughs> I can't. It's just uh, looking back, it was uh, it was a necessity in my life for for me to go through this, and um, I ended up finding God and going through all that. It started with Lecrae. He's a Christian rapper. If you know Christian rap, you know Lecrae. And um, he, his music was the first Christian music I, I listened to. And it was uh, his first three CDs. One of, I was in a program called Two Core. It was for troubled kids. It was a Christian program. Helped us um, learn work ethics, um, stay out of trouble. It was, we're all, you know, forced there mostly uh, because of DHS uh, or halfway houses or being on probation and whatnot. So I had a mentor, Glenn Robinson. I love him dearly to this day, and I wish I had contact with him because he was the man that helped me get to God and helped me change my life. He gave me those three CDs. He knew I was deep into rap. Uh, I was <laughs> deep into rap when it comes to it. Like, I was in the underground stuff catching stuff before they were out months before and i'm just looking at people like why are you listening to that now that's old he helped me uh get out of the hole of um worldly rap um and put me in the world of chh and christian hip-hop and i've never looked back since it's just it's always been a deep part of my walk and and there's underlying reasons for that because of uh where lucifer satan came from you know his job in heaven before being thrown down with the third of angels he recruited was he was pretty much what you would say is the musical director in heaven he was producing the music the hymns he was producing the beautiful sounds of of the lord to praise him well he thought he was god so he got sent down and for me, and, and it blows my mind that people don't really think about this, where do you think his number one foot, uh, stronghold is going to be on, on this earth? The same 
stronghold, same ability, same strength he had in heaven, which was in music. So I got drawn out of uh, worldly music and, and thrown into Christian rap. And I, like I said, I've never looked back since. And I won't. You know, the devil um, is here to steal, kill, and destroy. And in that music, it's deep. You hear all three of those in every single worldly rap song. Stealing, killing, and destroying. That's Satan. So I, I got drawn out of that thanks to Glenn and... Um, Ever since then, man, it's been a, a an adventure with the Lord. Um, I I ended up getting saved at about I was I would say about nineteen, um, and I caught fire for Christ around nineteen or twenty, and um, I was out there on the streets. You know, I used to get my hair faded up, and I I told my barber like, hey, please, George. Put Jesus saves on the back of my head, and I wish I had a picture to this day, man. If I could find my old MySpace, it's probably on there. But um, I was out there, you know, proclaiming the Lord and and trying to reach the lost and and having that fire. And I ended up, um, I ended up getting married at about I was twenty, and um, that was a, a mistake. Why I, I completely did it, I don't know if it was more security thing. Um, my ex-wife was eight, is eight years older than me. Um, she had her own house. I guess it could have been more just security since I, I, I haven't felt secure since my childhood financially. And um, got married and uh, got divorced within, I believe, two years. And it, it like I say, it was a mistake. It was It was a lot of pretending. It was a lot of... Going to church and uh, going home and drinking Jaeger. And it was a lot of that. It was a lot of drinking and a lot of fighting, a lot of arguing, and a lot of my dad showing up in me. And uh, I, I couldn't do it. I was almost, probably should have been in jail, you know, in some of the situations that we had. And I wanted a divorce, so I left. And I ended up later on in, a, in another relationship, which produce my my daughter isa and um i'm grateful that i was able to to have my daughter amen and have that relationship um that producer so uh that didn't that didn't pan out either um, my mom ended up passing away when i was 25 and um that really put me through a journey um for the next year and um, it was a lot of depress depression and a lot of uh, closed offness and a lot of um, anger and frustration towards God. And, you know, my mom was only 50, losing her unexpectedly from a blood clot, you know. It, <clears throat> it'll be six years this February. And um, I thought it would get easier, but it doesn't. Uh, so yeah, for that for that next year after my mom passed, uh, I think I, I think we grew apart, me and my daughter's uh, mom, and uh, falling out of love with each other was um, was the end result, which was one of the biggest blessings that had ever happened because I would have never have met my amazing wife Kayla, 
and um the lord really moved is moving and <laughs> began to move in our relationship almost immediately um she wasn't a believer i i still believed in christ obviously i still believed in the lord i was angry at him still but i i would still talk to him when i get a chance you know i would still listen to christian rap i, I would still think about my walk and um she wasn't a religious person and just one day in in december it was um i don't know where she's like man i want to go to church and i'm in the middle of making sweet rice and if you know mexicans you know you don't mess with sweet rice <laughs> and uh i was like all right you really want to go to church we can go to church i know where we can go so we went to church and uh you know, we didn't look back. We went to that church for five years. It was a Pentecostal church. And uh, same church I got, same, I guess you would say, it's, it was the mother church of the church I got saved at, at 19 years old. Um, so I knew I knew the people. I knew the pastors. I knew plenty of the, of the people that went there already um, based off of our conference meetings and, and stuff like that. We've always seen each other at least a couple times a year. So I, I was a com little comfortable already in there. Um, so I was just getting my wife to be comfortable. And um, it was pretty, it, it was a pretty decent process. Um, over five years, I would say God opened up a lot of different doors and closed a lot of doors in these situations. And throughout those, those five years, me and my wife, um, we had five miscarriages in four of those years. And um, we we were always constantly praying. We we both had daughters coming into the relationship. I have a stepdaughter, Diamond. She's my oldest, and um, we wanted a boy. And uh, we we were trying really hard, you know. And and then eventually the our prayers went through, you know, praying for a child and trying to keep our faith for four years and. Um, believing that God had the plan for us and uh it happened and we have our son Uriah and he's nine months old now and he's amazing you know I'm a stay-at-home dad now because of him and um man we get to spend so much time together and uh watch him learn so much stuff and he's just uh he's just a blessing and that's been that's been awesome. Amen. Um, we did end up leaving that church. Um, there's a lot of views in the Pentecostal world, in the Pentecostal um, lifestyle that I don't believe in. And I believe it's legalistic. And there's some man-made laws when it comes to it at the, at the church we were at. You know, like I said, I, I believe that I'm supposed to be a pastor. So... Um, asking and, and learning what is the necessities he, at this church to be a pastor, and one of them was speaking in tongues. Now, I've been praying. Well, I did pray, amen. Let me, let me get that clear. Since I was originally saved, I was praying for tongues for over 10 years. I never spoke in tongues. I thought I did at one point, but I realized it was just me doing it. I was forcing something out. There was nothing spiritual there. So I knew it wasn't happening. And um, it got to the point that I got really discouraged about it. Like, man, if God's calling me to do do this. Man, I got to, 
I really need to learn how to speak in tongues. Where's this blessing? Where, why, am I, why am I not getting this answer in my prayer life? Why is this not happening? And um, for, for a church to say that's a necessity... Uh, that that is biblically incorrect. You know, you go through all the scriptures about tongues. There's very little, and it's used incorrectly in the churches. And um, I, I just wasn't about it. You know, there was times, you know, couple of the last services um, where someone started speaking in tongues. The uh, someone else interpreted. And then after that, like immediately right after they finished, our head pastor of the church decided to add on to the interpretation. And that, that's that's not biblical. And um, it's us- it was usually in situations that I believe they're trying to force. Um, they're trying to force something on people that, that wasn't even a, a necessity. And uh, we, we ended up leaving the church and... God showed us that it was the right thing to do because, unfortunately, <clears throat> the relationships that we did grow in there, apparently because we were out of their four walls, that relationship got squashed. And <laughs> that that's, that's not how Christians are supposed to operate with each other. It's not supposed to be, you don't come to my church while you're not my friend or my brother in Christ. That's, that's not right. That and and I I need you know these these people need deep prayer and deep uh, they need they need to to realize that there's a big issue in their spirit when it comes to that um, to tell someone that because we don't go to the same church um, it, it limits um, what our relationship is no that's incorrect. The Bible says we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are a family. He doesn't mention anything about four walls being a necessity. Amen. I believe in the same Jesus you do. And we grew a relationship for five years. And you want to say that the four walls is what's more important than the relationship. Well, Jesus shows us how important relationships really are. Love your God first. With all your heart. And all your soul and all your spirit. And then love your neighbor as you would want to be loved yourself. Those those are the one and two on the commands when it comes to what Jesus said to do. And for you to do that to your neighbor is just hurtful. It puts a, a sour taste in in people who leave the church. And that, that would put a sour taste in the whole uh, religious thought of Christianity. Um, it it's not good. You you don't let people walk out, and a not reach out to them, and b when when they reach out to you and ask ask why why haven't you talked to me why why is this a problem, to say that four walls are more important. There's so many issues in this, and this is being taught from the head up there. And I'm just glad that the Holy Spirit was able to move in my wife to 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 allow her to move in into my thought process and realize what is really going on because i had i had these these goggles on that was blocking everything from the side to side like there's nothing wrong with this church no this is the best church no they're teaching things incorrectly which is actually blaspheming the holy spirit
which is the most unforgivable sin. So I'm not even going to get into that with them. But the relationship aspect, to cut off relationships like that for four walls is unbelievably hurtful. And um, I myself, I within my spirit, I, I had a feeling that that's how it was going to go down. So I, I don't think I was hurt as much as my wife was. Because she, she has a trouble um, growing relationships. We're both introverts. So um, she grew a very, very strong relationship with uh, the pastor's daughter. And they were best friends, to be honest. that She was her best friend. She would talk to her more than anybody else. And it was, it was her to tell her, to tell my wife, that the four walls are what's important. And it, it was hurtful. And to have other believers um, from the church say that that I was the problem because me bringing this up to a couple of them to try and edify them and tell them that this is not right when it comes to tongues, that I'm the problem. They're completely closed-minded and closed off on the truth of God. And it blows my mind. It's all biblical. It's all right there in the Bible. It's scriptural. And even one of them had dared to say that you need tongues to be saved. That is not what the Bible says at all. And that that was the last straw when it comes to, to that church. And um, we, like I said, we found a church in August of, of now last year. And we feel so comfortable and so loved. And so you can feel the love of, of Christ there. And you can feel the love and mercy and of and it's just an amazing place. So we're at a good spot in our lives right now. Um, this was just a glance over of my life. Like there's plenty that I didn't hit on, but I didn't want to make this a two-hour podcast. And um, there's I've been God has moved in multiple times. In multiple ways in my life in different situations and um, I am more than glad to be able to proclaim it all of them and I'll give you one scenario that I went through <clears throat> I uh, I was about 20 years old when I was working uh, two jobs I was doing landscaping during the day and overnight I was a night auditor at a hotel, and it was actually a Sunday morning. I was coming home from my night shift, um, so it was about s- almost 7 o'clock in the morning now, so the sun's coming up. Um, I'm almost home, and uh, I just kind of make the turn, and uh, a couple more turns, I'm almost home, <laughs> and I turned into the sun, and that was the last thing I seen before I uh, woke up. Slamming on the brakes before I ended up in the ditch. I already went through a light pole and an electric box. I was halfway in the ditch. Um, my Chevy Cavalier was crushed like a Pepsi can. Same color, too. It's funny. Um, not a scratch on me. Perfectly fine. Was able to walk off. Nothing. Not No blood, no scratch, Nothing. I had an open grape soda in my cup holder next to me. That splattered everywhere. But not one drop landed on me. 
There was not one single drop of grape soda that landed on me. Now, you cannot tell me that there's no God. You cannot tell me that there's not a God, man. You just can't. That's God. He has plans and purposes for us, and and we need to first draw near to him in order for some of it to be revealed. And um, he'll put you through stuff like that just to give you a thought of how the heck did that happen without there being a God. Amen. And I'm here to try and reach people. And whether that's new converts or edifying current saved brothers and sisters or having people on my podcast to edify everyone and myself i'm here for god i'm here for jesus and i'm here for the holy spirit and the holy spirit is moving through me jesus is our savior and and he's the reason for me doing this and god is the reason that we get a relationship back with him through jesus I just want you guys to to feel comfortable, to know who I am. I am, like I said before, I am just a normal guy. I'm a stay-at-home dad with three kids that loves Jesus, that wants to proclaim his name and put him on the pedestal that he deserves to be on. And I just want people to to be willing to listen, to be willing to possibly accept Christ, or accept the edification of the truth that comes out of the Bible. Because that's all I'm reading out of. Every truth I say will be out of the Bible. And the Bible alone. So there shouldn't be much arguments. To be honest. I'm just here to clarify. To edify. To edify myself. To continue walking on this path. With you. With myself. And with this world. Um, that is pushing us in a corner. I just want to preach preach jesus i just want to move with the holy spirit and i just want to move with christ and in the holy spirit i just want to do what god has called us to do and uh, i just want to be with god and this is why i'm doing this and i pray you guys are down with it that you guys can like it you guys can follow me that you guys are willing to share because that's what we're supposed to do if i'm sharing the gospel there's nothing wrong with you sharing if you're listening there's truth coming out of it You want honesty, I'm giving you honesty about my life and about the word of God. And that's what I'm here for. And that's what I'm going to do until someone tells me I can't do it anymore. So I'm here for the long haul, and I hope you guys are too. Uh, This is the tip of the spear podcast. And just remember what flowed out of that tip of the spear. The blood of Jesus that saved our lives. That saved our our relationship with God. And the water and purity of his love, grace, and mercy. Love you guys. Have a blessed one. I'll see y'all soon. In Jesus' name.